Hello, and welcome to Politics, Culture, and Conversations. My name is Brian Nestandy, and I am your host. So, on this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, the impeachment of President Trump, which I assume is coming in the next month or two, or three at the latest. But as I dissect that just a little bit, I'm going to go further into what I think is going on as well. So hopefully you'll bear with me and listen through this. So regarding the impeachment, as I've listened to a fair amount and read a fair amount of what's going on, and first of all, it's still unfolding. There's just going to be subpoenas, testimony, and a lot of information that is there that we just don't know yet. We have not heard. But from my observation of and I listen to both sides. I um, listen to both sides, read both angles, and uh, does not look good for Trump, I must say, that I don't think there's going to be concrete, illegal, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, as the Constitution calls for in the impeachment. But I'm pretty sure he came close to the line, if not crossed it, of presidential decorum, I guess as you would call it, or or as other people are saying, um, abusing the office of something along those lines. Look, he is a different president, a different personality. We all know that. That's obvious. But once again, did he cross some, I think, uh, a line that's going to be hard to define. It's literally, I think in this case, going to be in the eye eye of the beholder. Uh, one side's going to clearly see it, and the other side's going to clearly say, he did not commit a crime. Show me the exact crime. So, it's just going to get worse, is, I guess, the bottom line. But I'm not necessarily looking at, although I am and will be, the specifics of the impeachment case and what each side is saying. But I think it's important to look underneath that. That's really the activity I'm concerned about, the culture, uh, the media, society, and what is you know the undercurrent here of the storm. And that is where I think the real action or, or the real consequences going forward are being debated or being uh, are just happening in that undercurrent. And once again, that's the problem I see. Um, the impeachment, Trump, that's going to come and go, but we're building this, uh, once again, the kind of the building blocks of society are just getting more and more rapidly opposed to each other. And I think the media, I think it's fairly obvious, the media has become completely biased on one side or the other. There's simply no middle ground left. There's really hard to read something or watch something or listen and, and not understand there's an angle behind this. There's a political angle behind this. And it used to be um, pretty, uh, what, what, you know, what's the word, suppressed, I guess, your, your political opinions. Uh, reporters and people in, those, uh, in that field tried their best to step outside of their own political biases and report something. That, that's no longer required, I don't believe. Is, and so it's just you're left to be, yeah, you, you got an opinion, you're a person, you're a political person, so go write a story. I don't think that's going well. So I think because 
of that, we're leading into a uh, situation where, and this is what really worries me, the presidential election, if it's Trump or by chance some other Republican candidate or whomever it is on the Democrat side, whichever side loses, they're going to say it's not legitimate. It was an illegitimate election, and they do not accept the results. They do not accept the winner. I really believe we're headed that way right now. And uh, that's a huge problem. That's going to lead to a, a who knows what kind of confrontations after the election because, like I say, both sides are building the case for just complete not being objective. And so it doesn't matter the outcome. The other side's not going to accept it. They're going to think it was lie, deceptive, um, shenanigans, whatever it is. So I think we should pray for some calmness, uh, for some reasoning, and um, and actually a little bit of can you walk in the shoes of a person on the other side of your political beliefs? That's what I think we should really hope for and focus on is can you look at the other side and understand why they believe that? Because that's important. It's, it's really going to be hard to... Um, a, not necessarily agree with somebody, but understand them and, and why what's driving that that belief or that idea. It's not just that they hate other people. And this gets into, this is literally, um, there, there's what's called the five personality traits that um, the biology and your biology develops into your personality and that to a very strong um, point determines your politics. It's amazing, but there's been a lot of research done on this. And uh, Jonathan Haidt, he's a professor at New York University, has written a book on it. Um, Jordan Peterson's talked a lot about it. And uh, other folks, there's just been a lot of work done that it seems to be the case. So the, the, my point is the other side's not going away. So if you think you're going to win the argument, it's not going to happen. We have to learn to live with the other side. And that's what, you know, our country was founded on that idea, just that, that no one should be able to dominate because you're, you're, every time a baby's born, that's another uh, one side or the other. It's just, that's how it is. And we have to learn to deal with that. Um, so actually getting into the, the personality traits, just uh, to delve into this a bit, it's really, I, I encourage all of you to read look into this. I just Googled the five personality traits uh, called the big five. And here they are. Openness to experience. And that's uh, explained as being curious or cautious. Conscientiousness. That means either efficient, organized versus careless. Basically look at somebody's desk. You know, how are they organized? Extroversion versus introversion. Uh, agreeableness, I mean, compassionate or detached. Then there's neuroticism. Are you sensitive? Are you nervous about, constantly nervous about things? Or are you just kind of confident that it's not a problem? Those are literally psychologically proven personality traits. Now, that that's taught as science. Then you go into Jonathan Haidt's book called Why Good People are divided by politics and religion. And actually, the book's called The Righteous Mind. Please read it or look into it. He he 
takes those five personality traits and distills them into political traits. He does a brilliant job, and um, and he comes from center left. He talks about uh, in in the book. He talks about how he was a volunteer speechwriter for John Kerry's presidential campaign, and then when he lost, he goes to a Democratic Central Committee to they invite him to speak on why they think the Democrats lost, and he explains because you're not speaking of the party or Kerry wasn't speaking to basically these five traits that he distilled into, like, say, five um, political instincts. He said the Republicans are appealing to more of them than Democrats are. And, and it's very interesting. Um, Robert Sapolsky, a Stanford University professor, um, has written a book called Behave, where he talks about how biology really drives your behavior. And he's less political on it, but it's, it's the same basic science that you're born with a certain disposition, and then as you're, as you grow up, your personality becomes, as your disposition has driven you, to certain political beliefs, and so it gets back to: Are you able, or are we collectively able, to argue with people in a good way or debate, understanding that they're predisposed to another side? Now the question is: How can we? Really, can you look at your, we have instincts, right? And that's what's written a lot about your your first instinct usually governs your behavior. That's what's odd. We like to think we reason through things and think them through and then we decide, no. Uh, as the literature says, your instinct decides for you and then literally your instinct makes up a reason why you behave that way. It's amazing. It's like, I think Jonathan Haidt called it a, you have your own PR system. He's talking about different parts of the brain, how these, where these things happen. But you know, whether it's the right or the left, I forget. Is literally the PR firm for the other side of your brain, which is the instinct, which decide what what you're going to do. So from that, are we able though to understand? Can we, when our instinct is not mapping onto a particular issue, and that's where. It does take some thought and hopefully some open-mindedness to understand, oh, maybe things aren't that way. Because rarely are politics or, or public policy, rarely is it black and white. Like, it works this way and it doesn't work that way. Nope. It depends on a lot of factors. Like, like I, I have a fundamental belief in, say, free markets. I, I believe a free market economy best decides what products to produce and at what price. I'm saying that in contrast to a you know, communist-styled uh, central planning, central government that says, here's how many um, tables and chairs we're going to build, and here's the prices, more or less. And I just think the, the market is the best decider for those decisions. However, uh, capitalism, which is the free market, operates in such a way that if you allow capitalism and the markets to uh, operate without restraint, meaning uh, regulations or um, whatever type of uh, hinges you want to put on it, it will it will create huge inequality. That's just what happens. The winner takes all, and that inequality gap just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So government, I believe, has to have a role and say, wait a minute, we have to define how we're playing the game here. We have to have these regulations. We have to have a referee and so forth. 
And that goes against free market principles. So it's, you know, it gets into the minutia of what exactly are we talking about? Uh, when we, do we want to break up uh, the, the big tech companies, Google, Facebook, Apple, so on? And if so, or, or do we want to put uh, stringent regulations on them? And then if we do that, what are the consequences? Who wins? Who loses? And that's a very, very legitimate and important debate to have is that's once again, that's where reason and studying and data come into play. Can we look at this data with the least amount of bias going in? And and we have to realize that's hard to do because we're predisposed to believe one way or the other. So all this to say that I I really hope our leaders, um, the president, Congress, and senators and members of Congress and down to governors and local civic leaders, everybody, I would hope will take this time now to step back and uh, act without, uh, I was going to say without passion, but that's probably a lot to ask, but, but just try to once again walk in the other person's shoes and just think about what they're seeing, what they're thinking, and and if we can do that, and it's once again, it's important to do that now because we can't let this fester. Uh, Francis Fukuyama, he wrote a book uh, recently called Identity about identity politics, where he takes these same, the same issues of your behavior driving your personality, driving then your politics. And in his book, he's talking about then becoming identity politics, meaning we're devolving into the issues don't matter. It's just what's your identity? What side are you on? What's your tribe? And whatever you do is to protect the tribe, not to reason out particular issues. And um, Sam Harris had a great analogy on his podcast once. I can't remember which one, but he talked about talked about prison and choosing sides. And he said, as a white person, you walk into prison, yeah, you may not be a white nationalist, but you better choose quickly because... There's no safe space. You're either in one gang or another. And if you a white person, that gang would be the white nationalists. And if you choose not to join them, well, good luck. You're going to suffer the consequences of that on a daily basis for not literally being protected. So I, I think that's a, a good analogy of that's the way we're going with identity politics. And we have to pull ourselves out of this uh, societal prison atmosphere and um, open up a little bit, try try to see the other side, and uh, let's not make it a winner-take-all. So that's my rant here on the impeachment proceedings. And once again, it's not just about impeachment. It's about everything going on underneath it, and we have to step up and um, suppress this really dangerous situation I think is is coming. So thank you for listening. I will talk a little bit more maybe next one about how the uh, intricacies of the impeachment proceedings are going. But here's my prediction, folks. Trump will be uh, convicted or uh, impeached by the House, I would say by first week in January. And then, obviously, it goes to the Senate, and that's where, who knows? But I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he will. the votes are there. He will be impeached. 
So um, let's hope that we have a calming atmosphere and, and reasonable discussions going forward. All right, once again, thanks for listening and uh, hope to uh, drop me any comments or questions anytime. Website, com, Twitter, BrianDestandy, or at BrianDestandy, and whatever else you may find out there. Hope to hear from you, and uh, once again, thanks for listening.